0: Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. (laughs) Everyone, <laughs> Welcome back to A Little Better. Thank you for watching and listening every single week because we're assuming that if you listen, you listen every single week and there's no universe in which you've ever missed a podcast. Just kidding. I know that is not how I listen to podcasts. I, I'm a binger, but regardless of how you of how you listen, we're glad that you were with us. Thanks, Drew, for jumping back in um, and for finishing out our series. Um, is it just Be Rich or is it How to Be Rich? Because I feel like I've been saying it wrong potentially for the whole series. <laughs> Just two words. Be rich. Okay. Yeah. So um, uh, that makes me feel better. I've been saying the right thing on Sunday mornings. Uh, I, I would have assumed I would have been corrected by now. But yeah, thanks for this message. I recognize talking about money can probably be a little bit awkward from your position. In fact, I actually kind of want to ask about that. Like, what's your, What tension do you feel or not feel? when you're talking about money, recognizing that, like, at some level, obviously we're the recipients, meaning the church is the recipients of people's generosity. So like, how, how do you feel? What don't you feel? Give me that. Walk me through that.
1: To be honest, I, I really don't feel anything crazy awkward. Like I get, I understand there's a tension there that for some people they just don't like when the church talks about money. Cause it does feel self, you know, serving, but it's in God's word. It's, it's like one of the topics Jesus talks a ton about, like, I think it's top five in what he talks about when he was on earth. And so I, I usually don't feel any awkwardness talking about what God talks about. And so I want people to look more like Jesus. And if that means I got to talk about money, I want to do it in a sensitive way though. I think that's the big thing for me as you, you know, you prep these messages is I don't want to tick anybody off or push somebody farther away from God, I want to help them see and understand why God talks about money a lot. And I think he does because he knew we would struggle with it. We would hold on to it. And so, you know, the things that people feel, I feel, I I think sometimes people forget that I'm a human being and everything that they feel I've felt in the preparation of this message is God works on my heart. And so I try to be sensitive, but I really don't feel much awkwardness uh, uh, about money or asking for money. As long as it's in a biblical context, I feel, feel actually pretty confident about it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, you shouldn't feel awkward about encouraging people to go to community group, which serves this quote self-serving in that, like, that's our (laughs) ministry and we look good if people go or whatever. So it's not awkward to ask people to be a part of biblical community. It's not, it shouldn't be awkward to ask people to be engaged in biblical generosity, but it obviously can feel, you know, And if you weren't at least a little bit aware of attention, it would probably come out in the way that you talk about it. So the fact that you're aware of it is, is why we're able to hopefully for people thread the needle there a little bit. And And I think we've done a good job of trying to like,
1: not talk about it all the time. We're not like every other series. Like, Hey, let's, let's talk about being rich again. You know, like mm -hmm. we, we, we don't talk about it a ton. And so, I feel pretty confident when it's like, Hey, this is just a reminder over the course of, you know, a year or two, we're going to talk about this. So
0: people kind of know that. Mm -hmm. And for me in my role, the talking point that I do way more often than preaching is in our service planning, we'll call it the offering talk, which is just usually a portion of the service where we're sharing a story of life change, something that God has done in our church and connecting that story of life change to generosity, Mm -hmm. recognizing that it is only through people's generous giving that the cool things that are happening at Northridge are happening. So I, in some ways, I feel like I talk about money. I mean, not, I feel like I talk about money. I do talk about money almost every Sunday. Um, But again, to your point, I don't, it doesn't feel weird, or maybe I've gotten accustomed to it because for one, obviously it's something I'm engaged in. So I'm not saying like, Hey, you guys do this thing that you, and when right. you do it, I get to do cool things with it. I'm saying as we partner together, you know, like I'm, I'm, I keep taxes, keep coming up. Cause they're on my mind. Cause there's it's that time of year. But like, right. I also have a number that I'm putting on my, you know, tax return in terms of charitable giving, you know? So like that's a big part of our life as well. And a sacrificial part of it. Um, so knowing that you were trying to do it as well, I think does take the edge off and thinking about spiritual gifts. This is just a random thought. Once again, first Peter, as always uh, for me right now, I was reading this morning in chapter four, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so it's talking about how, you know, we all have gifts, spiritual gifts from God, ones that we're meant to utilize in the local church. And this one is saying, you should use it as a steward of God's grace. And then he gives some examples. If you speak, do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If you serve, do it with the strength God provides. In other words, whatever gift you have, if it's giving, there are going to be some people who like go all in, like go way more than 10%, go, you know, be able to give super generously because this is a gift that God has given you and you are a steward of that grace. And so it is a discipleship thing, although it is obviously incredibly personal as well. So I... I get the tension and I hope that we're managing it well. Yeah. Um, have, this is something I thought about while you were talking. At the very end, you talked about the 90-day giving challenge. People have an opportunity if they want to give to you know whatever percentage, hopefully up to 10% for 90 days, we'll earmark it and give it back if they're you know unsatisfied basically with the results. Um, you talk about, though, if you're not comfortable, if you don't want to give to us, give to another church. That's fine. And I thought, like, what, what if someone gives 10%? To another church as part of the 90 day giving challenge thinking they're going to get it back I thought like oh no Grace Road or Browncroft or Father's House or somebody's going to be like no we're not giving it back what are you talking about I just thought that would be so funny that's a horrible thing to bring up I'm sorry well
1: I mean hey at least they people get mad at them for it and not me right hopefully (laughs) no I mean I didn't hopefully you know I didn't communicate I I was I was I was intentionally thinking but it was just to prove like at the end of the day, it's not about your money. You don't, you can give here, you can give there. I don't care. I really don't care. And I'm not saying that I just, I don't care. I want your heart to be in line with God and surrender to God. That's what I
0: care about. If you're, yeah, your next meeting, if you ever get uh if, if your next meeting with those other pastors, it's like, Hey, if you get random sizable donations from people who you don't know from your database, let us know. That's our bad. <laughs> By the way, they're expecting that back. No, I'm just kidding. But actually we have, this is just a totally random sign. There's a Northridge, I think in the Grand Rapids area uh, in Michigan. And they're actually, I think northridgechurch.com or northridge.church, like their website, you know, is something that could be confused with ours. And we have from time to time, both for people to us. Their people to us and from our people to them have had donations go to the wrong church. So I feel like we have something of a working relationship in that we've done some fun transferring <laughs> in the past. So maybe we can develop that relationship with other churches, just like swapping money around. <laughs> uh, the, we're making a donation to another Northridge for no reason other than they have a similar name. <laughs> Not similar. I think they capitalize their R, though, which is like clearly so yeah. different than us. anyway so dude tell me about these fruits and veggies how does how do we get all that there uh, where did all those things come from
1: well they came from Wegmans and just to be clear I said Wegmans donated them what I meant by that is we paid for them (laughs) I said donated and it kept coming out of my mouth and I don't know why but we paid for them and shout out to my amazing assistant Aaron Wagner and my mom lara they worked together to make it happen all the details Uh, and then we had you know 10 people bringing out 10 individual things and so shout out to those crew Um, they were at all three services they had to be there early in the morning and it seems like a really easy task but it required a lot and so i think the visual is so it's such a beautiful thing i think it puts it in perspective i think that's why i wanted it you know, to be a part of that. I saw a church do that and it hit me. I was like, wow. Just the comparison of like, this is what God, all of it is what God gives you, but you get to keep this, the overflowing table. Mm -hmm. And this is what God gets to keep. It's just like, wow, man, what is, you know, like, how can I not give that back to God after he's given me all that? Right. And so that visual, I just think is a really powerful picture that puts it in perspective. I I had someone say, you know, tithing is, is an awkward topic. We we talked about that. It's like 10% of your income, especially when you're used to living off a hundred, that's a hard jump or 110. Like that's a giant jump. Like I don't want to downplay that at all. It's huge. That's some severe changes in your budget. Um, and so it's almost hard for people to access it. And so I think that visual makes it accessible. I'd someone say that to me, like you made tithing accessible to me. that's kind of the, the goal of it is like, Hey, you can obtain this. It's not going to happen overnight, but you can get there. If you truly want to, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful, Mm -hmm. but the process will be worth it.
0: Yeah. I think that point generosity hurts is a, is a fair, it, it puts words in people's mouth. You know, that's their experience. As you're sitting there going like, yeah, but it's still 10, like, Regardless, if it's ten compared to ninety, it's still ten percent more than a lot of people are doing. You know what I mean? So, ten yes. percent um, of a hundred is is not that much, but right, uh, yeah. So anyway, and, you, you and get what's the, weird about it is this is this
1: sounds. I I almost said this on Sunday, but. Um, Sorry if you can hear my dog in the background. The UPS what is up, and Bella? And Bella is like going crazy. Bella, it's okay. Everybody welcome Bella to the podcast. She's got a special guest. She's going to bark this whole time too, probably. Whatever. You gotta love Bella. She's 13 years old. I was going to say this Sunday, but it, it just sounds so stupid that I didn't. That I actually believe that 90% of my income is more than 100%. And, and that's ludicrous, right? It's stupid. But I actually believe in God's blessings
0: that much that... It, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, his his provision will result in us having more than we need, which is that hundred percent more than hundred yeah. percent. And I think your point early was, you know, uh, most Americans don't live on a hundred percent of their income; they actually live on one hundred and five, or one hundred and ten, or whatever. And that's the reality of consumer debt. That's the reality um, that really FPU is almost exclusively focused on is is the get right, meaning live within your means. That's what FPU is all about. The debt snowball is its whole approach to like paying down debt as rapidly as you possibly can and focusing in in what in almost every other context people would say is crazy, like an insane way, focusing on your finances and living way, way, way below your means to ensure that you're debt free. And, um, and then from there, you're able to, you know, function a little differently. FPU is really not about like, wealth building or something you know it's not it's not an investment strategy course or something it's all the the bottom line is spend less than you make (laughs) like if you just wanted to boil down fbu to to one phrase and that sounds so simple but it's i mean the reason that that whole organization has built you know this empire off of that philosophy is because almost no one does it it doesn't matter how some of the best you know most successful financial people out there do not live on less than they make. It's just like, doesn't matter how much you make. It's so easy to want to spend just a little bit more. Well, and that's how you build wealth
1: ultimately is don't spend all that you make. Like, guess Mm -hmm. what? There will be leftover. You'll pay off the things that you do have, right? You'll own them. They'll be yours, not somebody else's that you're paying. And you will have leftover because you budgeted wise and you build wealth. That's, that's exactly how you build wealth in life. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you have a lot. I I read the other day, uh, uh, there's this pastor who only made a certain amount. I think it was like around $50,000 a year. That was like the most he, he ever made in his life. And at the end of his life, he was a millionaire. Wow. Millionaire. And it was like, what, what did he do? What, how did he get there? Well, he just didn't spend all the money he made. I, I, I got to look it up. I, I read it the other day and it shocked me. I was like, oh my word, this is incredible. Because, you know, in our culture, you know, $50,000, decent salary, right? But like, yeah, it's yeah. not, no, no one running around making $50,000. we are running around saying, they are mega rich, millionaire. Right. Like, No, right. but you can make money go a long way if you
0: manage it well. That's right, that's right. It, it, and Ramsey even talks about like how your your income is your biggest wealth building tool. like yep. and again, that sounds so simple, of like of course, duh, but like if you give your dollars a job and you spend less than you make, then your income becomes the revenue stream by which you can you can build wealth over time. And all of what we just said, though, the great irony of that is, um, all of that sounds, again, like a worldly definition of wealth. Like here we are talking about like how we want money and like, oh man, to be a millionaire. But like, really what we're talking about is how wise financial practices, more often than not, when well applied over time and followed with diligence will result in a better financial situation than you had before in terms of material wealth. But most importantly, you will be honoring God with your finances. And if you never build wealth in any remarkable way, you will still have the peace that comes from knowing you're pleasing God, have the provision that comes when you're following God, and you will have things, something substantially more important than wealth, which is, you know, a right relationship with God and others.
1: Well, and money, money managing is important to God, too you know, generosity is very important to God. What It's it's not about what you have, but God also wants us to take care of what he's given us to steward. I think of like, you know, the passage of the talents, you got the guys that get things and God looks at him. He's like, Hey, you dug this in a hole and did nothing with it. He's like, you're a fool too, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, but the guys who invested and doubled it, what I've learned in my life is, when I manage my money well, it's not to build wealth so I can be like the guy in in Luke chapter 12 and be like, man, I get to enjoy life and take it easy. Building wealth actually gives you a platform to be more generous with, too. The, mm-hmm. the more you build, you are able, it gives you a capacity to be even more generous to help more people. Again, it's not about you. It's about what you're doing with what God is blessing you with. Um, and so I think that's important to to manage your money well is, is a biblical thing and to be generous with your money is a biblical thing. You don't get to pick one or the other. They're both, you know, part of being sanctified under Jesus Christ.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, those are the, the reason that this is a tension and the reason that um, prosperity gospels exist and the reason that people can feel nervous when you talk about church is that. Um, Annie Stanley is fond of saying, uh, following Jesus, uh, makes your life better and makes you better at life. You know, those two things go hand in hand. And there's a sense in which of course, that's a, that's a mostly American sentiment. There's a world, you know, plenty, plenty of people around the world have their lives have not gotten better when they started following Jesus, but in a world that, that rewards good behavior, like uh, America often does, um, it can it can reward good behavior well then when you get better at life aka manage money according to the guy who invented money aka god when you manage your money in a way that, that follows his rules. It follows that, uh, t- that uh, in, on average, and in general, should all the things play out. This is not barring, you know, unemployment and substantial yeah. health costs, and like there's a million ways that this can go sideways. And even people who have been extraordinarily diligent with their funds and their income for their entire lives never get to, you know, some extraordinary place. But right. they are in a much better place financially than they would have been had they mismanaged their money and God blesses in ways that we can't always even understand when we choose to manage it well, which is what I loved, you know, your story about kind of that generational blessing of your dad's generosity and what that has looked like in your life. And Pastor, um, remind me of his name from Pennsylvania. Richard, you know. Yeah, his his kind of insight there. I I love that perspective.
1: Yeah, it is a it is a different perspective. And, you know, I didn't do anything during that. Like, it's not my generosity, it's my dad's generosity. And Um, you know, I just believe God blesses you when you are generous. And again, like I said, this weekend, we got to be careful with that word. Right. But, you know, I, I've just, I think even the little things, I think we just miss out on God's blessings. Like, you know, my car lasts a long time. Right. Is that, is that by accident? Right. No, that could be one of those blessings where like, Hey, nothing goes wrong in your car for years. And you're just assuming like, Oh, I, I, you know, I get my oil change. You know, know, like (laughs) if you if you live in a, a house or an apartment, right, like at any moment, your toilet can leak and ruin a lot of stuff, right? But the fact that some of the times those things don't happen, it, that could just simply be a blessing from God that we often, like we just miss out on so much that God does that we're just blind yes. to or we just expect or assume. And even like I said, you know, last week, sometimes the blessings that God bring actually hurt us, right? Like your car breaking down, but God teaches you patience through it, a fruit of the spirit, right? Something that should be true about us. He grows in us. Like that's a blessing from God. It sucks, yeah. right? No one wants to deal with it. But like that is an incredible blessing. Because guess what? You look like you look more like Jesus, right? Yeah. And so it's it's hard. Those are again tensions to manage. But I want us to see. And what I love about the 90-day giving challenge is I think it puts our eyes open to see God's blessings when oftentimes. We don't necessarily look for them in every angle and avenue and environment of our life. Sure.
0: Yeah. No, that's true. And I actually had a conversation in the lobby with a couple who came up after the message and they were talking about how um, they've, they've gotten their feet underneath them financially, but they had gone through a really tough time where actually their landlord um, gave them a gift card at a time when they were like real close, you know, super tight financially were like, you know, on the border, maybe not even making grant type thing in their landlord rather than, you know, whatever, like come to collect or whatever, gave them a gift card for groceries. And they said, like, they lived off of, you know, this like $50 or something over the course of a month for their family. And they like made it work and made it work. And they, they came to me saying, we want to give, we, we, had an opportunity. We sold a car. We made a little bit of money. We want to, we have these, these gift cards that we want to give to the church that we want you to distribute to some people to um, be generous. And, you know, they're, they're recalling that the meaningful act of generosity that literally was the difference in food for them that now, because of, you know, being able to acquire a little bit more and be a little bit more secure, they were saying like, we want to do that for somebody else. And I said, I love this. This is incredible. Wow. What a story. God's amazing. He's providing. But then I also said, we will, anything you give to us, I promise you, we will find willing recipients. But just a thought, why don't you find whoever your landlord was? If, you know, if you're not in the same place, he's, if this sounds like the kind of person who's doing this a lot, man, set somebody else up. You know what I mean? Like, and you'll experience maybe even a more direct example of that blessing. Cause you'll get to kind of like physically hand the cards to the people who will get them, you yeah. know? So I don't know. I just thought that was such a moving example of like, this is what generosity looks like. God does provide. God came through. I don't know this landlord. I didn't get the sense that this landlord is a believer. He he provided for them through a believer who might not know the Lord only to have them decide it was their opportunity to be generous with somebody else.
1: Yeah. Generosity is contagious. There's no doubt. I mean, that's why that, that gift card we wanted, you know, who knows where those gift cards go. Someone experiences that generosity and then it goes farther and farther. And I think the thing that we have to be careful with about generosity is like, it so easily slips our mind, right? That Mm -hmm. is the hard part is that's why we, we talk about this somewhat on a regular basis as our churches, because it's just natural for us to slip back towards ourselves, what we need. And listen, I'll be honest, you know, every year we get a, you know, I, for our taxes, you know, you think of taxis and my taxes are actually laying right in front of me. I haven't done them yet. I'm like, they haunt me. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do these. <laughs> that right. Um, but every year you get, you know, charitable donations and man, I- I'll just be straight up honest with you. Like when I, when I see my generosity in a like dollar amount, I'm like, do you know what I could have? done with that like that's my I wretched know. heart like i, had, I, I, look this, at that.
0: I did mine t- last week and i had the same thought where i thought that is especially right now obviously with gaining ground going on like that's a that's a, a over and above what is our right. normal giving of the time and it was like goodness that's that's a, that's a that could have been a big project or a trip or whatever i, I literally was so evil I, li- I went to my
1: wife and i was like babe you know, that stuff we wanted to be, do- you what we wanted to do, <laughs> we could have done it. I literally did that. Like, honestly, and that's just how easily we slip back into greed. And I'm, what I'm talking about is honestly, it's stupid. It doesn't matter. And like, that's what we have to be careful of. It's like, Hey, it's easy to be generous. Like after a message on generous generosity, we're like, you challenge somebody. You're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then something breaks or, and mm-hmm. then Like you lose your job or you get a pay cut. And what I want in my heart to be true is I want to be generous no matter what my circumstances are doing around me. Like that does not change about me. Like whether I make a lot or I make a little, God always gets what he gets, what he wants from me. Like that's never going to change. And whatever happens in my circumstances, I will just adjust my budget to that, not take away from what I, I believe is God's. Sure. And it's kind of a warning that we never got to in the series that I thought maybe, maybe next time we talk about money is that, is that slippery slope of like, Ooh, let's do this. Well, guess what? The enemy's coming after those people who made commitments to, to be generous. Mm-hmm. And Hey, I believe he has the power to make your circumstances bad to get you out of that habit, that, that, that step of faith that God wants you to live in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah and and you know I'm thinking of second Corinthians 9 here uh, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly whoever sows generously will reap generously and I love this each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion God loves a cheerful giver and I think that's where The cheerful giver sometimes, I think if it's automated, like for me, you know, or or for you, like if it's coming out of your bank automatically or whatever, you can actually miss out on the cheerful part Mm -hmm. because here I am not really, I mean, I'm not, I'm at the giving part portion of my budget is, is something that I don't have to think about. So it can go a while not thinking about it. And then you see your charitable giving or your quarterly statement or whatever, and it's like, what? That's a lot of money. And then I'm like, wait, I, I was cheerfully giving because I'm happy with the life that God's given us and he blesses. And, you know, we're, we're thrilled with the, the life that God has given us beyond finance. It's just because we have a relationship with God and we love our family, love each other, whatever <laughs> you know, there's so many blessings. And then you see the number and you're like, wait a second. And that's where the cheerfulness actually stops. And I, what that reminds me of is like, I've been living however long since the last time I looked at our quarterly statement or whatever, I've been going that long with zero thoughts as to that money. And then once I see it, I greed and what what I could do and what am I thinking and why are we doing this starts to pile on. And that's where it's like, no, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. It's not about the percentage. It's about the reality that I need to do this with a cheerful heart. And if I'm, if I'm sowing generously, then we'll reap generously. So, Anyway, I I think this has been a good conversation because it's probably good for people to hear us process the reality that like we're just because our paychecks come from the same organization to which we are donating these these sums um, doesn't change the fact that it's it's a struggle.
1: Hmm.
0: It's money is a battle. I, I you know there's a
1: lot of strongholds in Christianity. I think it might be number one. I, mm-hmm. I do like it. You know, that's why God warns about the love of money. What is it? It's the root of all evil. So just make sure the love of money, not money. Sure. But man, it's easy. You know, we live in a greedy world with a lot of stuff and who doesn't want stuff? You're lying if, if you, you say you don't. Like I want mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but man, the stuff that awaits me in eternity is... it. it pales in comparison to what we have, like what God has in store for us. And so if we keep our eyes on the prize, as Paul says, right. We keep our eyes mm-hmm. on the prize, the prizes and stuff, the prize is eternity with Jesus. All this stuff kind of wanes in comparison.
0: So let's close with this. The words of first Peter chapter (laughs) one praise be to the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ in his great mercy has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Mm. So it's coming and it's going to be worth it all. all. Right. Thanks for the conversation, brother. We'll see you next time. Sounds good.